This is Working the Beat. It is Friday, March 12th, 2021. I'm Kevin Coney. Thanks for joining us. Glad we can chat with you on Championship Weekend. Uh, college basketball, obviously, Bonanza coming up. Selection Sunday on Sunday. Be funny if Selection Sunday was on another day but Sunday. But um, And the NCAA tournament a week away from today, actually. Uh, if you're used to the Thursday, Friday, it's actually Friday, Saturday for first round. Sunday, Monday for second round because of testing and all that. Uh, so we're going to talk to Joe Giuliano of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Mike will join us and Joe will join us uh, and we'll discuss um, Villanova. That's Joe's primary beat during the winter. Obviously, the Wildcats knocked out yesterday. Justin Moore did return as a bench player in that game, which is a little bit of good news uh, for Villanova going into the tournament, but they're now probably facing a five seed as you head into March Madness next week in Indiana. So Joe will talk to us, talk all things college basketball. Maybe we'll throw a Penn State question in as well. Um, you know, since Joe covers the Nittany Lions during the uh, season. And also Joe, I, I, I'm curious to see if Joe went to New York because Joe is a huge fan of a couple of the restaurants that Mr. Kern and I used to, used to be able to uh, put on the old expense account. When we went to the Big Apple for the Big East tournament, it's one of the best the things in sports. If you've never been there, you should. And so Joe will join us, and we'll discuss all things NCAA tournament coming up in a few minutes. Uh, then Mike and I, I'm sure, will break down a little bit of Jeff McLean's piece in the Inquirer today, uh, which was fascinating. If you haven't read it, go to Inquirer.com or pick up the paper copy um, and see it. Uh, it outlines. The relationship between Howie Roseman and uh, and Howie Roseman and Jeff Lurie, how it impacted other things, player relationships is probably the one that I I found the most interesting in his idea about Lane Johnson from their trip to London a couple years ago is the best anecdote actually in the whole story. Uh, Jeff McLean did a wonderful job. We had him on this podcast back when. Uh, Doug got fired and before the Carson Wentz trade and all that. So, um, and yeah, I did see say his name because I almost had to. So we'll talk that Sixers with a big win. Flyers are in big trouble right now. They are in big trouble with what's going on, uh, with them, uh, just defensively and lack of life last night against, uh, the Capitals. And they get one more against Washington on Saturday. And, uh, Basically, New York week next week. They get two at the Garden, then go to Long Island and go and play in the uh, Islanders over at uh, the old Coliseum. So it's uh, make or break time. Right now, they would not make the playoffs at this point. So um, it, it, it's it's fascinating to see how things change, especially in that division. Next week, we'll have a NCAA tournament primer, I believe, on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, we'll We'll look forward to... Um, Drexel will be in the tournament. Obviously, they may even be in the first four, which will be early in the week, but we'll talk to Drexel and Villanova a little bit uh, next week. And as we get closer to the start of baseball season, and actually we're going to talk a little baseball at the end of this show as well, uh, because, you know, there, there's a lot of things going on with the sport in a sense of they're changing some rules to make it more appealing at the minor league level uh, as, as like a test pattern. And I, I don't know if I necessarily like it, but 
I think the bigger issue is, you know, you have the Texas Rangers who are opening their stands up completely on opening day um, in the COVID era. And I'm not sure that's the best idea either. So busy show up ahead. Uh, We'll have that next week. One show likely next week. I got some other things going on here. And then two shows the following week on out as we get closer to uh, the beginning of spring, uh, the beginning of baseball season and the NBA and NHL playoffs, which are always big and the masters, obviously, which come up in early April as well. Uh, by the way, one note before I bring in Mike and, and Joe, um, I, I mentioned this earlier. Uh, I mentioned this on social media last couple of days. Um, and you've heard us talk about, uh, the vaccine, uh, that's been, you know, rolled out. Uh, I got my second Moderna one on uh, Wednesday night. Um, So I am, you know, I have been fortunate uh, because of my my underlying conditions, but I've been fortunate enough to be able to get it. Um, People have asked, the question I've asked is, uh, been asked is side effects. And yesterday I had a sore arm, a little bit of chills, but no fever, you know, the, the stuff that aches at a 47-year-old ached a little more. But uh, I can tell you right now that the feeling that you get on the other side uh, with this is incredible. And, and the idea that, you you know, yes, you still wear masks and you still do some of the stuff you, you need to do to protect the whole community. But the idea that, you know, after a year of this that you can fight through and get to the other side is pretty invigorating. And uh, I feel like that we are uh, turning the corner and maybe heading home on this one. So if you get a shot to get a shot, do it. I mean, it's it'll make you feel better. And I know people have made a political and all that. I'm not doing that. I'm just saying for all of our sakes and for yourself, most importantly for yourself, do it because it'll make you feel better. And don't be afraid of you know side effects and all that. You know, obviously check with your doctor and all that, but. Um, you know, make sure that you uh, get the shot whenever you get a chance. When we come back, it'll be Joe Giuliano. He'll join us to talk a little bit of college basketball as we have hit March. That's next. Work of the Beat continues after this. Well, Villanova obviously will be one of two local teams that will make the NCAA tournament when the field is revealed on uh, Sunday night uh, at six o'clock. Uh, and but the, their seeding right now is slid a little bit, and there's a lot of questions with the Wildcats going forward into this tournament. So joining us right now, Mike and I, Mike's good buddy, my good buddy too. Uh, uh, from the Philadelphia Inquirer, also covers Penn State football uh, and is one of the all-time good guys and the best restaurant critic there is. It's Joe Giuliano. Joe, how are no, you? No, I'm the best restaurant no, critic Mike's, there is. Mike's the Joe, best. Joe's 1A. I'm 1A. Give him that. Hey, guys, think about this. If we, if this was three years ago, whatever, three and a half years, four years ago, whatever it would have been when Kevin was still employed, going, yes. We, we would have been at Trey, we, uh, either yesterday or today, probably today, if Villanova had won yesterday. 
we would have been right about now heading up, you know, to Penn Station, getting off and walking up like 10 blocks to Trey Calori, Joe's place in the theater district in New York. That's right. I can still see Kevin's real Parmesan bigger than <laughs> yeah, it's the only a f- two places I've ever seen that were Ralph's, Ralph's. and Trey Calori. Yep. Bigger than the plate. Bigger than the plate. And, you and, can't and, make that up. And, and Joe had a hotel right near it. So it was like, for you, it was lunch and dinner, correct, usually? Oh, no. Just, it was nah, he's one, not that one, much one meal big. per day. Well, right, one, but you would go like one day for dinner, then one day for lunch, that, yeah. right? Yep. Because you love That's it. why, Kevin, I had to sneak a White Castle in there because a White Castle was like a snack. It wasn't quite Castle like a meal, you know, because you couldn't do two tray calories in a day. No. Yeah, well, you just, it was just, you know, that was but that was something I look forward to every year. And the best part was it was just a little bit cheaper than actually buying food at the concession stands at the garden. So it was <laughs> Yeah, well, and a little up, and a little bit better. Yeah. Well, we had up lasagna on Thursday and then Oh god, for, the lasagna. For good, and for good Catholics like Kevin and myself, we had to go for seafood pasta on Friday. Or just pasta. Or just pasta. <laughs> spaghetti pasta. spaghetti Man, and that's, marinara. That's it. All right. Wink wink. <laughs> you know, like I get the meat sauce. I I cheat. Anyway. Uh, you were not in New York, but you watched that game yesterday. I was amazed watching Fox or FS1's broadcast afterwards. Steve Lavin was gushing about Villanova. Thought how well they played, even though now I don't know if that's a a rights holder pumping up a a, a a a team that's been struggling a little bit from their own conference. But how did you view their their performance yesterday against Georgetown? I thought they played okay. Um, you know, they didn't play. They played. Very good for some stretches, but the stretches where they had to uh, play better, they they couldn't come up with the the, the goods. Um, I, I think the things that were most obvious were the free throw shooting. I mean, they're a seventy seven percent free throw shooting team, and Jeremiah Robinson's a seventy five percent free throw shooter, and he was seven for thirteen, and, and the rest of the team was some like seven for. Was that just an aberration, Joe? I mean, just one I of think those things so. Yeah, and, I, I and Georgetown was, was what 23, 23? First team yeah. in Big East history, right? Well, that's the the first team to hit all their free throws uh, twenty or more. It was was the uh-huh. way that John Paquette uh, explained it to us. But uh, and then defensive defense at the other uh, in in the final stages. I mean, they were up seventy to sixty five with a minute and a half to go, and then you know Georgetown just kept going to the hole. They were they went to the line three straight times. Uh, twice they went for a, a two shot pile that Harris made all four, including the two uh, that won the game. And the other was a three-point play with Wahab, uh, an and one, where Cole Swider got stuck guarding him uh, on, on a, on a, as Wahab was uh, starting to dunk the ball. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. You weren't going to stop that. Just let him go. But he did. So. Joe, Joe, do you think the reason maybe, like, if you're, if you're looking at the game, the fact that Moore played and played reasonably well, and I didn't think there was much chance that he was going to play in this tournament because right. ankles were ankles. And then Archie Diakono, you know, had to play and played pretty well from what I read from your story. I mean, I gathered. So is that maybe the positive that you can take out of this is that obviously without Gillespie, that's a major, major loss. But that maybe somehow, some way they can have enough to to maybe, you know, do a little something in the tournament. Well, Jay liked the fact that there were positives that came out of the game. Archie Diakono, like you mentioned, Mike, 34 minutes, zero turnovers. The zero field. Goal. That's a lot of minutes, man. Yeah, and and they were they were playing a loose press that they would, you know, kind of 
amp up a little bit. So you really had to be careful with the basketball. And, uh, you know, he, he did a heck of a job just, uh, you know, keep taking care of the ball. That, that's what he had to do in that situation. So he played 34 minutes, and he looks good. Now, Ant, Brian Antoine played nine minutes in the first half and zero minutes in the second, which I didn't understand. And, and, and the other uh, guy that we're all looking at is Brandon Slater, who is really turning into a, a darn good basketball player. But again, his offense is limited, and he did not score. So, um, you, you know, there, there's positives coming out of the game. Will they extend into Indianapolis? I don't know. I mean, it looks good for next year, but I don't think Villanova fans want to hear about next year just yet. Joe, what's the thing with Antoine? I mean, obviously he was a big-time recruit. I saw him, I guess, down Myrtle Beach not last November, November before that. He's had injuries. Is it still the injuries that he's just – or is it just that maybe he might not be the kind of fit they were thinking of here? No, I think he's all right. I think he's going to be good. Um, the shoulder injury, I mean, Jay, the fact that he injured a shoulder that had already been surgically repaired left Jay, you know, very delicately trying to handle him and trying to, you know, maybe not have him practice right away. And, and then the other problem, of course, was having – limited practices having a you know having three pauses really if you count september yeah so he really hasn't had a chance to uh to really be part of a regular regiment you know practice games you know being out there uh for the whole time so i you know if he comes back next year which i'm sure he will um it's got to be you know, he, he's going to be better. I, I think he's really going to be a, a, a valuable contributor to the team. But okay. this year is just kind of a just, I don't know, I don't want to say a wash, but it hasn't been a great year for anybody, <laughs> any team, any player. Joe, when you look at the Gillespie situation, and obviously he can come back next year. I mean, with the way the COVID rules are in the NCAA, yes, he's a senior, but they're giving another year to everybody do you anticipate, I mean, he's not a guy who's likely to be drafted at this point. Do you anticipate him coming back or not? I, I, I tend, I tend to say 60, 40, he's gone. Um, but you know, obviously it's his decision. Um, I, I think he, I think a player who's that good probably wants to get on with his life and, and see what's going to happen. I guess a lot's going to depend on how he feels after the, the, um, the MCLs repaired. I mean, Jay was, you know, Jay said it, it was kind of a positive to tear the MCL rather than the ACL because ACL you're looking at nine months to a year. MCL you're looking three to six. six. So yeah. um, the MCL, I think Jay is very confident with Collins worth at work ethic that he can be back for June. Now, whether that'll be enough time to show what he can do for scouts, I don't know that that that's probably the, the thing that's going to decide it one way or the other for him, if he feels like he can work out and, and, and show scouts without too much restriction that he's got a game, then he decide, Then he, he should go into the draft. But if he decides that it's, it's, it's going to be a little too hard to recover that quickly before the draft, which is always usually the last part of June, um, then you say, well, maybe you will come back. So I don't know. I, like I said, I'm leaning toward him going, but now that I just explained it, it's yeah, like, and, and because it's he's like not 50, 50. like Robinson Earl is pro, is projected at least right now to be a first round pick. Yeah, so 
I would think he's probably gone at this point. But Gillespie, on the mocks I've seen, is not listed. So why not play another year of basketball if you're not potential draft, you know, a potential draft target? Well, he could play somewhere and make money. Kevin. Well, he could I go mean, to Europe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not the NBA, but like Joe said, when you've – and look, being around Jay for four years as we've learned – Oh, it can be tough. It, it, it can be – and, you know, and, and a lot of schools, the kids just maybe – you know, John Giannini, we used to say that too. You know, your fourth year at LaSalle, yeah, maybe you need to go. Um, it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, because um, he's one of those quintessential kind of Villanova players. And the other part on this is how much has Jay almost had a, you know, the analogy I used is trying to train, change tires in the middle of like the final lap of the Indy 500 or Daytona at this point, because so much of what Jay ran was through Gillespie. And, and yeah, okay, you may be able to move Justin Moore into a, a, a role if he's healthy when you start next Friday, but uh, you know that's still awful. <laughs> that's tough to do in the final lap. Yeah, it, it is, and uh, you know he, he's doing the best he can trying to get everybody uh, together on this. But again, it's been a strange year with not as much practice time as he would like, and pauses that that kind of hurt the momentum of of getting guys on the same page. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's, it's just one of those years. I mean, and you know, when Jay, you know, we asked Jay about it and he, he just like, he always starts the sentence by saying, well, I don't want to make excuses. Or, you know, it's, everybody's got these problems, but, and then he explains that, yeah, there are, there are some problems, not, not problems, but just, you're just not there. You know, you've worked all in a normal year, you work all season and, and you know how Villanova works, both of you guys. You know, we want to be the best team we can be by the end of the season. And and last year, when they entered the Big East tournament, they were really on a bit of a roll. And you're thinking, well, maybe they can do something. Maybe at least win a fourth straight Big East and and go on to the to the tournament and and, and uh, you know maybe make some noise there. And, and and so then we came to this year, like well, Jeremiah came back because he wanted to have a chance to win a championship. But you know, obviously they lost a big piece in Sadiq Bay and. You know, they're, they've really not filled that gap. And in the meantime, you know, COVID hits. And like I said, your your, your routine and your momentum is kind of constantly interrupted. Yeah, the funny thing is, and I've seen many coaches say this during the course of the year, it's coaching is the least of your problems this year. It's not even like you're almost a coach like 10th. And there's not other things you are before them, which to me – this year is just you, you just write it off. You, you know, it is what it is, what it is. You do the best you can. Somebody's gonna lift the trophy. And, you know, hopefully by the time you start over next year, we're back to something approaching normal. Well, this leads me to a question for Joe. Since you you know, you cover Penn State and the Big Ten football season was weird, and especially at Penn State, because you know, they got off to such a horrible start and Parsons and then play and all that. And now you're going through the college basketball season almost to the end. Should they have played? You mean a tournament? No, anybody should. Should we have started college football? And should they have? You know, Mike Shashevsky was big on let's push the tournament back to May. I mean, you know, we've seen all these teams that have had problems left and right, uh, especially through the height of the of the pandemic. Um, should the NCAA have handled this a little differently? Well, it's it's hard to say, Kev. Like with football, I think everybody was was uh, looking at a spring football season, even in even the major powers. 
and the Power Five didn't want any part of a spring season because that means you play a spring season, then you have to play a fall season, and these poor guys are going to be all you know worn out and 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 nicked up and injured and everything else. So, um, you know, the Big Ten did it in a weird way, but when they when they came back and said, okay, now we are really going to have football. At least they came up with some medical um, ideas, scientific ideas. They, they consulted with, you know, the real big bombers of the Big Ten. I mean, every Big Ten school has a hospital and a medical school and everything. So they got these people involved, and they said, all right, we can do it if we do this, this, and that. And and, and that's that's how they did it, um, you know, starting in, in um, October. Um, obviously, people would have wanted to start in September, but they, they just didn't have their uh, stuff together at the time. So... Uh, I mean, it was, I think people liked having football around, although they didn't like not being to the games. And as for basketball, I mean, Jay even said, hey, you know, May Madness would probably be more advantageous for us than than March because we really want to, you know, mitigate what's happening and, and it won't be as bad in May as it, as it might be in, in March, especially in March with kids going on spring break and everything. So... Mm. Um, so now you're, it's, it's coming to fruition where, you know, Virginia, Duke and Kansas, you know, are, are and Duke's definitely not playing in the NCAAs. Virginia's trying to play and, and Kansas, this just happened with Kansas. So we don't really know what they're going to do, but this is after they had to drop out of their conference tournaments each because of positive tests, right? Because of positive tests. So, um, yeah. So in, in, in retrospect, yeah, may probably would have been a better time. But the NCA wanted to have March Madness. I mean, people say, well, maybe they should set back the tournament a week or two. No, no. CBS is the main rights holder for it, and they have the Masters. That's right. After the tournament, so you, you cannot right. say, well, we can't. We, you can't move it back a week or two. And yeah. May, I don't know. They, I guess the ratings wouldn't be good in May because it's getting warm outside, and people don't want to sit in front of their TVs. We're going up against the NBA and and right, yeah, yeah the NHL. Well, Guy, so, Mike. But, the, but the major question, and I wrote about this in, 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 in um, like late January, early February, I can't remember now, you know, should there be conference tournaments? You know, do you want to play? And, and and it was interesting because, you know, we wondered if Villanova was going to, like, maybe opt out of the Big East tournament. And I brought it up with John Paquette, the spokesman for the Big East, and he said, hey, Joe, we have laws here. You can't yeah. opt out of the tournament without yeah. major penalties being assessed against your program. Yeah. So I thought that was hilarious when people were bringing that up because like, it's like a plus. If you want to opt out of the season, that's fine. Say, Hey, we're not playing this year. We're, we're villain over, but you can't just say, no, I'm not going to play in my conference tournament, but I'm going to play in the NCAA tournament. If I'm selected well, now, I, I never saw that. Well, as being a realistic and, thing. And Mike, last week on this show, we, we, and look, I'll, I'll admit it. It was me. I, I didn't understand what the A-10 was doing. It turns out maybe the A-10 had the right idea because they got their tournament in. They have a week off. Now they're going to play right. their, their conference title game on, on Sunday, which I don't mm-hmm. know about. But but they, the A-10 could do that, Kevin. I'm not sure these other conferences have TV deals. It, it Look, you, me, and Joe know in the rest of the world, it all revolves around TV. This doesn't have a damn thing to do with staying safe. Oh, no. The NCAA or, needs that cash know. flow from CBS and Turner. Yeah, and they need games on this Sunday, and they need games on this Saturday because, you know, they're contracted to do it. So the A-10, I guess, was just lucky for whatever reasons that they could do it a week early. I, I don't know. Um, 
But, you know, hey, Joe, I want to ask you something because this has been a couple years ago. I was never really sure that Samuels was ever going to be the player that maybe we thought coming out of high school. I always, I kind of looked at him and I was like, what did people, but now it seems like he's really playing well. Did you think this was going to happen? I mean, have you noticed that, that he is now one of their guys? I mean, one of their kind of go-to guys, or could you see this coming over the last year and a half or so? Yeah, I, I agree, Mike. Two years ago, you looked at him and, and he was the reluctant shooter. I mean, he just didn't want to shoot. And all of a sudden, there was one game at Marquette where he hit like five or six threes and scored 20-something, 28 points, I think it was. And it was like unbelievable. Like, <clears throat> where did this come from? And then last year and this year, he's, his game is rounded into shape. I mean, he's got all the tools. Mm-hmm. He just never put them all together in his sophomore year. And then freshman year, you remember, he, he broke his hand. Right, and right. was out for quite a while, so. So sophomore year, he had to kind of catch up a little bit, and he still wasn't quite sure of what what he wanted to do uh, at both ends of the floor. But now he's, you know, he's a, he's an excellent defensive player, a good rebounder. He can shoot. He can go to the basket. I mean, look at the game against Providence last week. I don't know if you saw it, but I mean, at, at the end, all he did was go to the hole and score. So Joe, would would he consider coming back next year? And he, do you think he can play at the next level? I think he'll he'll get a look. I, I don't uh-huh. know if he, if he, if he's like NBA material, but I think he has shown enough where, you know, scouts would be interested in him. And, okay. uh, um, and whether he'd come back for another year, I don't know. I, it's such a it's, it's a that's such a new phenomenon. Yes, know, right. asking seriously, well, you coming back? Like at yeah. Penn State, every kid who like came back uh, announced it. Hey, I'm coming back. Or every kid who didn't. Well, oh, I'm not coming back. You know that kind of stuff. Well, because you got to get out. Like yeah. We got to take role or something. Yeah. <laughs> Like, well, it's, and it's weird this year because if you're a coach and you want to have a recruiting class, you don't want too many guys coming back because, you know, because of the fact that you want to get new blood into the program. I think there's going to be. Well, it depends which guys are coming back. Well, that's true, too. But I mean, there's some programs who honestly probably would hope some of these kids decline their final year. I I think Jay would want Samuel and Gillespie back. I think he would, but I'm I'm (laughs) saying I'm saying other programs. I'm not just saying Oh I know, no. You're right, Kevin. I I remember I just did a story on Temple football for one of the the magazines. And they don't even know like how many kids they can bring in. They're still looking to get transfers. Yeah. Like between now and September. That's another thing we haven't even talked about. But I mean kids can leave now and go you know, if you're Jay Wright and you're out recruiting, what are you looking for? I mean, like, you know, well, what portal, do you tell a kid? The portal in both sports is wide open. That's right. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, uh, you know, Christmas every day in the transfer portal. That's true. <laughs> Joe, when I, you... I wanted to go, go back to the scholarship issue. Jay did mention this week that for this coming academic year, you, you, you're not on a 13 scholarship limit. You oh, good. Go to, I don't know how many more you can go beyond 13, but. You don't have to stop at 13. Uh, They have four kids coming in, one of whom, Trey Patterson, is already on the bench since he graduated in January. But Mm -hmm. uh, these other three kids, so, you know, you're figuring that, you know, Jeremiah's gone and Colin's gone, and if the other, uh, if Samuels goes, then that's three available scholarships, so you'll be, Mm -hmm. you'll be under 13 still. And and that's a one-year thing, Joe? <laughs> yeah, just for the just for the uh, twenty one twenty. And is that did they, did they put something in for football like that? Yes, probably so. Yeah, I, I haven't okay. asked anybody, but yeah. Okay. Uh, when the seating or when the selection committee sits down, how do you how do you rate Villanova in on a seed line? Because arguably, there are 
two different teams without Gillespie and with Gillespie. Like with Gillespie, they're probably a three or a four. They may be a six. They could be a six by the time they get done on Sunday night, right? Well, I don't think it'd be a five. I don't think they're going to fall that precipitously unless there's, you know, unless some wild things happen in the tournament, right? Conference mm-hmm. tournaments. But I go back. Mike, well, you got to remember too. If teams like like Kansas, maybe in Virginia, aren't playing, let's say they'll get bumped up. Maybe some, yeah. But if somebody wins those conferences, it wouldn't have been in otherwise. Well, also, that's going to knock some teams out too. Yeah, but I, but I think honestly, well, Georgia Tech would have made the tournament. Uh, okay. Carolina would have made the tournament, and who was the other team in the uh, Florida oh, State? Texas oh, Florida State, and, right? Played Kansas, so and yeah, Texas has yeah. the goods. But but the thing with um, where, where were we here? No, 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 no. We we're talking about their seed line. Talking about could, their seed. Oh, the seed. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm trying to remember the remember the old uh, when when Cincinnati had Kenyon Martin. Yep, stayed and number he broke one. His leg in the tournament, and, and they made they made him a two. They made him. Did they make him a two seed, Joe, or did they keep him as a one? I thought they kept, kept him as a one. one. Okay, but, I'm not. But that I'm, was like a real big deal because you know there was no way they were going to go too far without without Kenyon Martin. And right, I'm wondering if the same thing will apply to Villanova. Like, well, obviously, a five is the only this year. I think the storyline is one fold, other than the virus. It's Gonzaga. Um. Gonzaga, and, and I saw Baylor last year. I, I think the world of Baylor, I think the world of Michigan, there's some really good teams out there. Gonzaga has been around now for about two decades. Late 90s is when they kind of started to get on the radar. They made some runs. I think they've been to one Final Four, if I'm not mistaken, like four, five, six years yeah, ago. Yeah, 2017 they the, when they lost they to Carolina. Game, right? Yeah, they lost to Carolina. Um, okay, so most people seem to think this is probably his best team. Um, and... There's only been, I think, four teams since Indiana in 76 that have gotten to this point unbeaten. St. Joe almost did, but I think it was um, UNLV in the early 90s. It was Wichita State. It was Kentucky. And none of those teams won. Uh, They got to the Final Four. All three of them got to the Final Four. They didn't win. I might be missing one team. I don't know. And I think that's what this tournament's all about. They beat four ranked teams real early in the year. Mm -hmm. Some good teams. Iowa was one played, of them. What was that, Kevin? Iowa was one of them. Yeah, and they beat. Yeah, they beat. Um, oh God, a Kansas, um, West Virginia, West Virginia, and I can't think of. And they've won twenty four straight games by double dig. And again, it's the Western, you know, conference, whatever the hell. And I think it's really. I think if Gonzaga doesn't at least make the Final Four, I think some people are going to look at this and go, uh, "Now, and if they get to the final, they're chasing history." Yeah. I mean, you're chasing Bobby Knight and UCLA and Bill Russell back in the late 50s. So, I mean, there's a part of me that's really rooting for him. I can root for Michigan because of Phil. Um, you know, other than that, I really don't have, like, a dog in the race. Well, or, I mean, I, I like Baylor a little bit. I like the way they play. But I, I think I'm rooting for Gonzaga because well, I would love to see this. I would I love I would love to see you, too. I would say that the one – like, you all look – everybody looks at the bracket when it comes out and you want to find a – that five or under seed that can make a run. And Joe, you've watched the Big East all year. The the two the two teams that are going to play on Friday night, Creighton and Connecticut, one of them can make a really long run in this tournament. Now Creighton could be a four if they end up winning it, but they they both play a style that I think could re- is the type of style you see on teams that have a long stay in the NCAA tournament. I don't know how you feel about it. 
Wouldn't that be a story if Creighton made a run and they could bring up the coach every game? Well, they, they did last night. Fox hammered it sure, in. Sure, they're going to. I mean, it's that's a story. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Uh, well, you're right, Kev. I mean, Creighton, Connecticut would make a great final in the Big East. Yeah. Fortunately, it'll be a, a semifinal. But Connecticut's playing great. And, and Connecticut does the things that you have to do to be successful. They have good guard play. They play great defense. And they have a shot blocker in the middle, although Whaley tends to get in foul trouble. They have the best draft prospect in the Big East than James Booknight. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think Connecticut could m- maybe be a second weekend team. Yeah. That's Mr. Hurley, right? Yeah. That's Danny Hurley, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he's having a much better year than his brother at Arizona State, which is when, when Villanova played Arizona State on this, in the second game of the season and, and beat them, said, Oh wow, they beat Arizona State. That's a great win for Villanova. And Arizona State's like under five. It hasn't been a good season for either of the Arizona teams. No, that's <laughs> for sure. Uh, but 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 yeah, but Connecticut I think is really strong now. Now Creighton is 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 good, and, and they'll and I'm sure they would be a good representative for the. They're big balanced, league. right? They're balanced. They have like five guys who can break in the double figures. Yeah, they're they're really good. <laughs> they, they have four guys. They shoot the three, and then the Bishop kid inside, you know, when everybody's out guarding the perimeter. I mean, Bishop shooting 70% mm-hmm. from the field, you know, 10, 10 feet and in from the basket because everybody chases the three-point guys. Mm-hmm. And, and they play a good tempo. Oh. And, they, and, and they play in defense this year for once. Their, their field, field goal percentage defense, I think, is around 41%, which is pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, it, I think either of those Big East teams, but I, I, I'm really – everybody's bullish on Connecticut, and, and, and they've sold me, even though – they did lose to Villanova at, at, at the Finn. Mm-hmm. Um, they're 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 a team to be watched. Well, you know you know it's funny, Kevin, and you because as we hear all the time, it's all about matchups. You know, you could be yeah. a great team and play a team. We saw that with Villanova, a Wisconsin. Years, right? Yeah, they just seem to get a team. But I thought that in 2018, when the bracket came out, I saw West Virginia in the third round, and I said, you know what? That's the team that could maybe give them the most trouble because the guy Huggins knew how to coach against them. They played, and God, if they weren't down 10 points with like, you know, 12 minutes ago, and Jay calls that timeout and they go on like a 17 to 3 run. But when I was looking at the bracket, that's the game I thought, wow, that game could be trouble. I think if you're looking at a Gonzaga or a Michigan or any of the, the top seeds or, or two, that's what you got to look for. Mm-hmm. You know, who is that five seed, six seed, eight, whatever? that maybe is the team that just plays a certain way. You know, we saw that with Temple for years with Cheney. Yeah, you didn't want to play Temple. No. You know, even if you were a better team than they were. So, but this Gonzaga team, Joe, you know, you've probably seen more. You write your weekly column and everything. Is this really that good of a team? I mean, is it really deserving of all that they've gotten? Well, let me let me put it this way. I'm, I'm filling out my AP All-America ballot today, mm-hmm. and I have three Gonzaga guys on the list. Uh, you have uh, Kispert, who can shoot from anywhere. Mm-hmm. You got the Suggs kid, who you know he'd be the freshman of the year if it wasn't for Cunningham, and uh, Drew Timmy, the inside guy. So and- I put I put one, two, three. I put Kispert first team, Suggs second team, Timmy third team because they're that good. Yeah. Now, I mean, you make a good point. Obviously, they played ranked teams early. They played WCC teams late, and uh, and people like. Think it's like a glorified high school league, and that's all, that's been a knock on them their whole their whole existence. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it has been. But yeah, give few, Mark few credit though. I mean, he went out and did these non conference games. He was mm-hmm. on the phone with Jay constantly, mm-hmm. and they were supposed to play Baylor. That game yeah, got they were supposed to play Baylor yeah. in Indianapolis, but he right. he wanted Jay to come to Chicago mm-hmm. and, and work out something where they could play them in Chicago. 
Mm -hmm. It didn't work out. But and, and then there was a week where Jay was off in February. He was off the whole week. And I'm thinking, well, maybe he's going to do a game in the middle of the week against Gonzaga because they were off. And that but, was the one. The Big East wanted you to make up your own games, and, and in the end, they didn't make them up anyway. Villanova right. had, had a chance to make up. They had five games to make up and didn't make up any of them. Was that the one where they shifted? Was that the one they shifted Georgetown up here, I think, uh, on yeah, a Sunday? They, well, when they lost the Connecticut game, right. um, they, they, uh, they re redid the – well, they moved the Marquette game Wait, the Georgetown game to Marquette, I think. Right. Okay. Yeah, Marquette date. Um, they ended up playing Marquette still. I, so I don't know how you kept track of it all, Joe. I really, you know, <laughs> well, I just at know least they never played. At least you weren't getting on an airplane or a train or something. So yeah, they never played Xavier and they never played DePaul and they played one game against UConn. That was yeah. it. When, no Chicago for you, man. That's tough. <laughs> this is going to be a restaurant podcast pretty soon, Mike. Uh, Absolutely. Final question. Uh, you know, we always. Mike and I, the last couple of weeks, we've done the the state of the Big Five, kind of take the temperature of it. You know, obviously, it's been a tough year with, you know, three of the four teams that played. You know, and the, obviously, Penn didn't play, but three of the four who did play in the Big Five, not getting past the first round of their tournaments, or seeing State Joe's case, case they did because they played LaSalle. Um, I want to ask you about the state of the Big East. Is it good that like having Georgetown get to a, a get to you know the 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 semifinals. I think is good for the league. You know they could have probably used Xavier winning the other night to try to get another bid. I mean they're looking three or four bids, right? Well, it's three at the moment. St. Hall has to win tonight or beat Georgetown in the semifinal uh, to stay alive for that fourth uh, team. But uh, St. John's is out after losing to St. Hall and Xavier. I, I don't think it's got a chance after uh, losing to uh, Butler. Butler. Right. That's right. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, is, is the conference better? Starting. Is the conference better than it's been? Or, uh, do you see an uptick in the conference? How's that? Well, I saw it last year. I think, I think you could say there was an uptick last year. This year, everybody's pretty much the same. There's really no dominant team. There was a lot of parody. I mean, I mean, who would have expected DePaul to be Providence? I mean, I, yeah. I had Providence, uh, fourth in my preseason and they really didn't, uh, they didn't really play up to expectations i don't think but yeah I, I think it was a bit of a down year uh, i think three they had this on tv yesterday three uh big east teams in the ncas is the fewest since like the early to mid 90s so that's that is kind of disappointing in a way but it's uh kind of the way things are going now if they can get one of the the georgetown scene hall winner to the championship game and maybe win the whole thing you know, they'd steal a bid, but uh, I don't think that's likely to happen. I think the Creighton, Connecticut winner goes all the way. Joe Giuliano from the Inquirer. Mike, you have any final comments for Joe? Just, Joe, what, what you think of Drexel? I, I, I thought, uh, you know, I covered the team back in the 90s when, when they got in. Although too. it wasn't at the game where they beat um, Louisville. I was with Temple. Um, but I'm just saying, I, I mean. Me Memphis? Memphis. Yeah, it was Memphis. Memphis. Okay. No, I knew it. Okay. Okay. Okay, that well, that explains a lot. Um, it was me and Marcus Hayes actually at the game in Albuquerque. It, that was in New Mexico because Rich Hoffman and I, wherever the hell we were, which I 96? 95. 95, we would have been, where the hell were we? Orlando, I believe. We were so we were watching it on the TV. I remember that. Um, and it just, you know, and I haven't covered, I, I covered Stryker's first year, I think, or maybe his first. But it just, to come out of the clear blue like that, 
and do what they did. I just think that is so special. Um, and probably met, and Zimner's leaving as the AD. He's going out, so it'll be his first tournament. I just thought, you know, and I know if they fly under the radar, I get it. But, man, I just felt so good for Drexel. I really did. You know, that they're going to get their name called. They're going to play some big guy, and then they probably won't win. But, you know, just to be in, you know? Oh, I agree. I, I, well, you look at their roster. I mean, they have two first-team all all yes. players, Butler and, and Winter. I mean, they're they're great players. But yet they were the sixth seed. But they, they hardly played any home games. No, they didn't. Because of the, the, the COVID and everything, it was weird. They won more games at James Madison than they won at home. Well, that's true. But yeah, yeah I mean, they're I, and uh, I like the Bickerstaff kid. He, he played mm-hmm. really well, mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're three point shooters. So you know, mm-hmm. Walton and 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 uh, I can't remember all the names, but mm-hmm. I mean, they have a really good team, and, and I give credit to Zach Spiker. I mean, yeah. Zach did a great job bringing them all together and keeping them interested. When mm-hmm. weekend after weekend there'd be cancellations, yeah. right, right. Do you, th- do you think uh, our old pal Bill Hurrying and, and Malik were enjoying that? Michael Anderson. I think somewhere they were they were watching. Yeah, I, oh, I, I yeah. would I would have to think that. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. We had some good times back in the '90s covering that team, didn't we? Yeah, it was always a good time. Yeah, it was. We had that's where Bill Bill invited when he got the job down East Carolina, and we went on the way to the U.S. Open one year. We stopped and played his golf course. We played his golf course, then we went to dinner, and I think by that time he was ready to say goodbye. <laughs> it was the farewell okay, dinner at that enough, point. Guys, it's been enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and and obviously no Indianapolis for you. We nope. we mentioned maybe. That. Oh, unless yeah. Well, if they make the second weekend, but it, 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 you'd have to give me some uh, a little extra cash, I think. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get that. We'll get Mister Potosky on the phone. Would a reservation at, yeah. at um, St. Elmo's get you there? No, no. Oh, wow. Okay. I just, you know, uh, we'll we'll see. When I get the second shot, we'll see how I feel. But that'll be after, that'll be that weekend, actually. Are you, Joe, Joe, I have no problem, and I'm sure Kevin would second this, with you not wanting to go somewhere until you feel safe, 150% safe. I have no problem with anybody. Mike Jensen sort of exuded the same feelings to me, and trust me, I, I get it. Oh no! Hey, everybody at our place of work has has been great about it. You know, you don't have to go if you if you don't feel comfortable, you don't have to go, and that's and I very much appreciate. Do that. you look forward to the day like next fall with with football and everything that? Oh you can... sure. Well, Penn State opens up at Wisconsin, and uh, wow. hopefully, I'll be able to go out and see uh, my, my stepdaughter and that's her husband right. and, and our grandson. Yeah, I was always one of your favorite trips. Oh yeah, I, I want to do it again, and hopefully. Uh, we can all go on Labor Day weekend. It'll be safe enough to fly and and get together as a family. Brats, brats, cheese, and, bo- and beer, and everything, all all of the above, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> Joe Giuliano from the Inquirer. Joe, thanks for joining us on short notice. I appreciate it. Hey, it's always great be- to be on your pod, uh, Kevin, and, and and even Mike. Yeah, be I good, like, buddy. I like talking about this. Hey, you better play more golf this year, pal. That's all I got to tell you. All right, we'll see what, what the, how how the how the vaccination holds, yep. and I'll, I'll let you know. Joe Giuliano joins us. We'll be back on working the beat right after these messages. Our thanks to Joe Giuliano for joining us as uh, we. Uh, Look forward. It was good to hear his voice. It was. And uh, by the way, an apology. There was a cut, obviously, on the... Uh, there's a cut in there, and I know people are going to say, oh, there sounds like an audio. 
we lost some of the audio with Joe uh, at one point, so I apologize. Sue, sue us. Yeah, we're we're don't uh, pay, don't pay us this month. <laughs> uh, oh man, they just showed a picture of the 18th hole at Augusta. I mean, at I, uh, the British at uh, St Andrews. Yeah, I'm oh. actually watching it too. Was, oh, I had turned off the Ohio State Purdue game and flipped over to this. So uh, the, the greatest place on the face of the earth for a golfer. The 18th at St. Andrews. Uh, you know, you can have Augusta. You can have, you know, there, you know, there's lots of great places. Mary, there's so, when you are at St. Andrews, the RNA building and the, whatever, oh my God, it's, it's, it's nuts. They can just bury me there. Better on the Island Green at Sawgrass? Oh, yeah. Look, I've played the Island Green twice. I parted both times, I was on the green. One time after my three playing partners sitting before me, it all put it in the water, which I thought was pretty impressive. Um, I almost buried it the one time, but there's St. Andrews is St. Andrews, Kevin. Is St. Andrews the greatest golf course in the world? No. There are some people don't think it's a very good golf course at all. It's it's kind of like but it's a history. Pinehurst number two. But when you're there, you're there. It's like, you know... It's just, it is, you know, it's, it, it, whether you want to call it the birthplace of golf, whatever you want to call it, um, there's just something about it that's mystical, you know? Well, this year, obviously, the, the four majors, obviously, Augusta. Uh, then it's Kiowa uh, for the PGA. Uh, then it's at uh, uh, Torrey Pines for the U.S. Open. And is it Port uh, I, I think it's Royal St. George. Royal St. George. Okay. For they, the that was supposed to host last year. This was supposed to be St. Andrews. For 150, right? But they but since they didn't play last year, this right. is 149. Right. And St. Andrews is getting it next year. And St. An Andrews always used to get it on the fives and zeros. Right. So I'm guessing, I could be wrong, I, that, that they may go back to St. Andrews real quick. 2025. Or at least... Like if they put them at least by 2030, probably would have St. Andrews back on that five and zero. Um, and, and, you know, 2030, it, it, there's a, I think I could be wrong. I think there's a decent chance the open, our open could be at Marion. Right. For the hundredth anniversary of uh, Bobby Jones winning the amateur there to complete the grand slam, which wasn't even called the grand slam then. Um, would that be again, announced this you know, year? Things have to, what's that? Would that be announced this year? Uh no, nah, it's a little too early yet, maybe. Um they they they're probably I think they have an event at Marion either next year or twenty-four, a women's event, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about this. I don't know if they'd want to bring an amateur back there maybe in twenty seven or something. Because Marion has to want to host it. It's not a question of the USGA going to Marion. Usually it's the other way around. They go I cannot believe that Marion is not going to try to host the 2030, either the amateur or the open. Um, the open being, but but again, you have to get a lot of help from the community. You know, Haverford right. College basically saved it in 2013 by providing parking, by providing hospitality space. And, you know, where that stands, I, I you know, it's, it's a totally different group of people probably that you're dealing with now, both at the club and at Haverford College. So I don't know. But it, it just makes too much sense not to – and then I would say the same thing about 20, 2050, you know, even though it's a long way down the road because that would be the 100th anniversary of Ben Hogan. 
So, I mean, they're the two events at Marion. You know, of all the events in golf, you could make the argument they're two of the three best. Or they, they could be the two best. Well, they, they've actually, it's funny, I'm looking at the USGA site, and it has the list for the next... Uh, Four or five years? Through 2027. Um, what is 2027? Pebble. Okay, what's 26? Just read them to me. Shinnecock, 26. Right. 25 is Oakmont. Okay. 24 is Pinehurst. Okay. 23 is the LA Country Club. That's a very good venue. And they haven't been in LA in a long, I think it was the 1948 or 46, and Hogan won it. Uh, 22 is, uh, well, the Curtis Cup is here next year. Uh, okay, I knew something was coming, and, I, and there may be something else coming. Maybe it's the Curtis Cup is what I'm thinking of. But Cur- Curtis and, Cup at Marion. U.S. Right. Open U.S. Open is at uh, the Country Club. And, right, because the Country Club hasn't had it in a long time. Right, and um, the Senior Open is at uh, Salkin Valley. Right, 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 which is a great venue. Um, perfect. Venue. But I'm guessing from what you just said to me, that means 2030, Oakmont won't be in the equation, Shinnecock won't be in the equation, Wingfoot might be what I would guess if I, I was a guessing person because they try to move it around a little bit. Wingfoot will probably get like a twenty-eight or twenty-nine, somewhere in there. Pinehurst will probably Pinehurst get a has gotten twenty-nine. Hold on, Pinehurst has gotten twenty-nine. Okay, they got uh, thirty-five. Yeah, they gave Pinehurst. Yeah, they gave Pinehurst forty-one and forty-seven. But the fact that Pinehurst didn't get two thousand thirty. Because Pinehurst, and here's the other thing to remember. 2030 is nothing established right now. Yes. U.S. Amateur is in 26. Pinehurst makes a crap load of money when they go there. Right. They can put 50,000 people on that course. Okay? So, if they have it at Marion, they're not going to make a lot of money. No. Because you're only going to put 20, 25,000, whatever they're going to put on there. And if you remember in 13, they had it at Marion, and then the following year they went to Pinehurst. Right. So, they kind of sandwich it. You know, a Marion. I think Marion's going to get it, but but again, it, it, it depends well, on logistics. It depends on and the U.S. Amateur is in twenty six at Marion. So yeah, that's what I thought. Right. So, and it makes perfect sense. You have a, an event in twenty two. You have an event in twenty six, and then you you know four years later you would have because because the twenty six would sort of be a rehearsal, right? You know, they would see and and Marion is look Marion's a, a great venue for anything. Okay, it's a tremendous for an amateur. It's great. Could you have the two courses? Although I don't think they use the 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 West course. No, they don't. I, they go somewhere else. They go around a mink or they go somewhere. I don't know. Um, but the um, yeah, I, I mean, if I was a betting person, I don't know if you can do this in Britain or whatever. But I would bet the 2030s going to go and and looking way way out when I'm dead, 2050. I would think you know. But again, 20 years from now, the whole world could change. They, they may say, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, we can't we can't have a U.S. Open with Bryson DeChambeau hitting the golf ball. And I don't we know. and we should point out the PGA in twenty six is at Aronimic. So, so so that year, so twenty six, you're telling me we get an amateur and a PGA. Yep, that's a busy summer. It's a real busy summer. You're that's gonna have because the, the amateur is in September, I think. Or no, the, the amateur is in August. Well, so no, oh, no, the PGA is in May now. That's right. The PGA, PGA is in May. Um, and you're also right. going to have the baseball all-star game here that year, too. Well, they're going to try to have everything here, Kevin. Yeah, I know. It's the, it's the, it's the 250th anniversary. The country. I'm, yeah, somebody said, yeah, they're going to try to have the NHL, the uh, the three. You know, you're not going to get the pro football. There might not even be a pro football one. But, um, yeah, I mean, that'll be – and I'll tell you, the, the thing with Aronimink that'll be interesting was 
when Tiger, or not Tiger, what was the event they had there a couple years ago? The playoff event, the FedEx playoff. Yeah. Event, and the weather was just freaking horrible. You know, it, it just, May in this area is not always good. No. You know, it's, 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 you know, you have it in August, you know, you're going to run the problem with maybe it's too hot. Maybe the course has kind of burned itself out a little bit. But May around here is not the easiest time to hold a golf tournament. Yeah. So, you know, but hey, look, you know, the best players in the world will be there. And Aronim, it's a great course, and and it'll it'll be a tremendous event. All right, so let's get to the Eagles. Jeff McLean had a great story in the Inquirer and Inquirer.com today uh, about about Howie Roseman uh, and how he's been able to survive. Um, Yeah, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's okay. Uh, how he's been able to survive everything. And it was a real deep dive. And, and you know, look, uh, let me get your initial thoughts on, on what was said, to be honest. Well, a lot was said. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. To- like, the, 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 the standout to me was the was the Lane Johnson incident. Yeah. But there, there was nothing that I didn't think we had known before. And I don't mean to demean Jeff. I, I don't mean it in that way at all. No, it was presented Jeff, very well. Jeff wrote a story about three weeks ago, right, or a month ago, that's that Six sort of hinted ago. at some of this stuff yeah. after Doug got whacked, I guess. I think the Lane Johnson stuff was new. Yeah, and and look, Howie would probably say to you, because it was kind of intimated in the story, that Howie didn't mean it that way. You know, mm-hmm. that Howie was saying it because he thought he could joke with Lane. Okay, and Lane didn't take it as a joke, apparently. Howie, to me, and again, I probably said this before, Kevin, and uh, he seems to me like the kid who got his lunch money stolen in junior high school. Mm-hmm. He's he's the nerd. He's now and he's so he's smarter than you now, and he's going to show all these people that used to beat him up or used to make fun of him for being whatever he was, because he has a position of power, a lot of power, mm-hmm. running an organization that won a Super Bowl three years ago, and um, he obviously has the, the the owner on his side. And then the question becomes, is Howie the pawn of the owner? You know, which was intimated a little bit in the story. Or is it the other way around, or, or they, or they, they like a collusion kind of thing? And I tend to think they're kind of, they're comfortable with each other. I don't know who's making the decisions. You know, there was parts of that story where you thought it was maybe Lori. Then there was parts where you thought it was Howie. You know, th- th- that Howie listened to th- the coaches when they took Rager. Right. The coaches apparently liked Rager. Well. Why are you letting Doug Peter? You know, if you hire scouts and you trust in the scouts, why are you letting Doug Peterson? I'm not saying Doug shouldn't have had a say in it, but well, Doug's telling you that Rager fits him better in your offense, huh? How does he? Uh, yeah, college or pro football coaches don't know because college uh, pro football coaches aren't necessarily glued to a college game yeah. every every. But again, we don't know like the white side pick. Did Lurie have something to? You know, the Jalen Hurts pick was that a Lurie pick? And apparently, Doug was on board with that. Um. So there's so many questions, and all I know is this. Howie's done a lot of good things here. Okay, he's done things that have – he's been good at certain things, of signing dra- um, uh, free agents, making trades, yep. um, and they won a Super Bowl. The last four years, their draft has stunk. Yeah. Regardless of how you want to look at – maybe some of the signings they made, the extensions weren't good, especially when the pandemic hit. Now, you could maybe forgive them a little bit and say, hey, I still think they were bad extensions. You do too. Um, and we're not the only ones, but to me, like, yeah, some of the Lane Johnson stuff was just like little high school stuff. You know, why do you do that? Why, like, why, even if you were joking, 
You know, why, why are you screwing around with, you know, a guy who might be going to the Hall of Fame someday as a lineman? I mean, I, I don't know. It just strikes me as like he's got like that Napoleon kind of complex, you know? Yeah. But it, he's got the power. He's got the power. Kevin. He's got the power. I mean, you know. I mean, uh, you know, I uh, look, uh, people know how I feel about Howie. And I think it's become more and more to, that in a way I feel a little sympathetic for Howie because Howie is being used by the owner who wants to play fantasy football. And I don't feel sorry for Howie. Well, I, I feel sorry in a sense because we do absolutely rip him. And some of it is pretty clear that this is him protecting Jeffrey. And so if that's the case, then yeah, I do feel a little sorry for him now. Um, see, I don't, because like I said, I, I think how he revels in this. Uh, I think he, he, he likes being who he is. And, and look, there's a lot of guys who are Howie who they should like being. Uh, I think, you know, he survived Chip Kelly. Yeah. I mean, you think about that. He basically been sent to the corner, you know, here, go over in the corner and have a timeout, you know, and if Chip had worked out, you know, he might never have left the corner and then we might never have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but I, I just think. This whole thing with the drafts in the last four years, what was the one ranking that they were 30th out of 32 teams? Yeah. Well, that is going to kill you at some point. Yeah. It's just going to kill you. Like the Phillies. I mean, you know, how many times have you pointed out guys, you know, the Mickey Moniak drafts of the world? And, and, and you know, if it was just Mickey Moniak, we could probably live with it. But the, the better teams, yes, do you have to make free agent signings and do you have to make some trades? And Yes, certainly. But that's not how you build your team. You build your team mostly through the draft. And then, you know, then you – and that's what we all thought, like, when they got Alshon Jeffrey. We all love that. You know, hey, it was the piece that they needed. And they went out and got – it was giving him the extension that was – Oh, it's a problem. The, the yeah. weird – yeah. But, I mean, and now they're an old team. I mean, it, it was funny. I'm listening to the – to was it Anthony today? I guess somebody – I don't know. How many impact players did the Eagles have on this team right now? Fletcher Cox, maybe, maybe Miles Sanders. But he, but Fletcher is on the downside of yeah, Fletcher. Maybe Miles okay. Sanders. Give maybe. me another one. Who, That's uh, it. Who? Maybe Miles Sanders. Maybe. And I'm not sure, but I'll give you. Okay, I'll say maybe Miles Sanders. Uh, maybe Lane Johnson. I'm not I, even I, sure I, on that. If you're telling me I can't have Fletcher Cox, I'm not. Gonna well, yeah. That. So I'm saying, but so you're looking at a 32 man or 30 or 53 man roster, and we're having trouble coming up with three impact players. Mm-hmm. It's a problem. That's, that's not good. No, it's a problem. And the, and the fact is when you don't have some good young players making not a lot of money, you know, when they built that team back in 2016, the quarterback wasn't making no money. No. Well, now the quarterback ain't making no money now, but it's a different quarterback. <laughs> you know. Man, a totally well, different offensive set. Yeah. I mean, but, but you think about how things they do sometimes. Like, and, like, why would you, you know, and part of that story that Jeff wrote about was the paranoia of Howie not wanting things to get out until he's ready to get them out and get them to the Schefters of the world or however he wants to do it. I would never, ever, ever, ever tell anybody I'm not taking a quarterback with the sixth pick. Yeah. Even if I had no intentions of it. Now, today, the story was that two of the Eagles scouts or two of the Eagles people we're, went out We're in North Trey. Dakota Sands and to watch Trey, Trey Lance. And that's what they should be doing. They should absolutely be doing that. They should look at Trey Lance. They should look at Fields. 
and they should look at the uh, Mac Jones because they're the three. One of those three guys is going. Maybe two of those three, maybe all three, are going to be there when they pick. Yeah. And there's going to be other teams in this league that want one of those guys. Well, and yet your owner comes out last week with this story about that obviously they leaked or somebody leaked. Oh, we we want you've just taken the rug out from under Hallie. I don't get it. I, no. I would be looking, I would be calling Charlotte or Charlotte, Carolina right now saying, Hey, Matt, what do you want? You can, you can move up two spots. If the quarterback you want is there, we're willing to move down to eight. What else are you going to give us? Yeah. I'd be having that conversation, uh, but who knows? But now Matt's probably sitting there going, Okay, well, now, it could, again, depend. Let's say Justin Fields goes before the Eagles, and you're now you're down to Mac Jones and Trey. Trey, You know, can the Eagles bluff at that point? Or would Carolina be worried that somebody's going to move up to seven and take their guy away from them? Because uh, I think they want Lance. I think is most of the things I've seen more than Jones. Um, but, man, you, when you got leverage, you got to use leverage. Yeah. That was the whole point of moving up to six. If they were drafting ninth right now, you wouldn't even be having these conversations. Uh, let's do a couple quick hits before we go. Um, Sixers came back last night, one in uh, Chicago without Embiid. Statement Embi- win without Embiid, without Simmons. Um, Tony Again, Chicago's not a horrible team. No, Tony. They Bra- were three, they were a three point favorite, by the way. Yeah, Tony Bradley had a nice night. Obviously, Tobias yeah. got. Passed like a little rustiness at the beginning, played well. Uh, yeah. They're in Washington in the night, and you know, hopefully, Embiid and Simmons are back early, either by the weekend or early next week. Or we don't know if they're playing tonight. Well, Simmons can't. I, I think Embiid. Oh, right, right, can. right. That's right. Uh, I haven't seen a report yet on that. Um, yeah. I mean, they could lose tonight because you know, back to back. Beal could go nuts, and Westbrook could go nuts, right. and. Back and back to back on both on the road, it, it can be tough. Um, yeah, and, and everybody better. thinks Embiid's going to do like a 40 15 tonight because you know, okay, I missed the game, and but you know, I mean, maybe I, I mean, I don't know, I would think that maybe he can do that, but you know, he, he has, hasn't played in five days or whatever it's been seven days, six days. Who knows? Um, the Flyers are in trouble right now, they are, well, yeah. Let me. I said something last week that I probably shouldn't have said, but I said it for the wrong reason. When they beat the Penguins that game, when they came back from the three nothing, and I said, "Ah, oh, that's they're not going to miss the playoffs because and because I'm an idiot. I'm thinking that the season's ending like in early April. No, because yeah, right. But I it, obviously it didn't compute in my head because I'm thinking it's a normal season. They, I mean, look, they they still have a little over half a season to go. So they have what twenty. Eight or thirty games left, something like that. Yeah. It's a long way to go. It doesn't look real good right now, but you know things can change in a week. You know you can go and win a couple games. I mean, the, the, the obviously the goalie isn't playing the way you wanted the goalie to play, and that may not change this year. They may end up with Brian Elliott. They may end up doing problem. more Brian Elliott than they counted on. So, yeah, but you're not going to win a cup, probably. I mean. I, look, Brian Elliott can maybe take you a couple rounds. I'm not saying he couldn't. He's played really good this year. Right. He, he's been the least of their problems. I think their bigger problem is their defense just doesn't see, unless they're playing the Sabres. Yeah. It's just, and I don't know why. I, I mean, was Niskanen that? Niskanen. Niskanen, was he that much of a factor? I mean. Looks it. Certainly does. Um, I guess they're going to make a move. 
right? I mean, yeah. I've been holding think? I've been holding this final item for you. Okay. The Texas Rangers are going to have a full house on opening day. I mean, it's Texas. No, I mean, what, what do you? It's Texas. There was a guy on TV the other night, and they they interviewed him. You know, just some guy walking the street. He says, "We're Texans. We're going to do what we want. Nobody's going to tell us what to do." That's Texas. You know, you, you got the president saying it's Neanderthal. You got Anthony Fauci saying, "What the hell they do?" They're not. They don't care. This has been the whole problem through this whole damn pandemic. Well, this, this was a question. We kind of hinted at this with Joe. Um, you know, and, and I had my second vaccine this week. I mentioned that at the top of the show. Uh, you've had your first. Uh, I'll, in early April, my wife and I are both getting our second. When will you feel comfortable going back to a ball game? But yeah, I, we had this discussion, Kevin. I don't care if I ever go to a ball game again because okay. I'm not yeah, that guy. You're, you're asking the wrong person. I'm not the guy that if I never go to a game or a now, movie, when my, when my or... grand, well, I mean, three years from now, if my grandson says, "Hey, Dad, Grandpa, let's go to a game," well, yeah, I, I'm going to go to a game. I would go this if you called me in uh, June, said, "Hey, Mike, I got a couple of tickets. You want to go to a game?" I'd probably go with you. Um, I don't know if I'd want to be sitting next to people. I, I I don't know. I'd probably still maybe wear my mask. Right now, the Phillies um, Phillies put tickets on public sale today. And it was in pods of four. Right. Uh, how many did they put on sale? Eighty one hundred oh. right now. Well, okay, so peep so they're going to try to keep people away from each other, yeah. right? Okay. But I mean, then you gotta go to concession stands, you gotta go to restrooms, you got you know, um, you gotta come into the stadium. I to be honest with you, Kevin, and I, and I mean this, I don't mean this to be I, I don't care if I ever go to a concert, a game. Or whatever. Now I'm sure there's be something. Hopefully, keep my fingers crossed. That a couple years from now, this is all behind us, and it doesn't matter anymore. And we're back to being where we got. I can go to a block party at your house, or I can go to a gathering where there's going to be a fair amount of people, and not feel weird about it. Um, but like right now, that's that's not like my, at, the, at the front of my brain. And if Texas wants to put forty thousand people in there, okay. And, and if 5,000 of them wind up testing positive? Well, okay. Nobody in Texas, and I shouldn't say nobody because there are a lot of people in Texas that are, you know, are like, hey, maybe not. And Texas is not the only state, Kevin. Yeah. There's lots of states out there. They're going to, and, and there was a big story I was reading today. It says, hey, because people now think it's over. They yeah. think it's, you know, and, and that's, but that's, that's, that's Americans. That's the world. Uh, yeah. You know, we're, we're that, that's, that's the scary part. But I guess if we're inoculated and we can't get it, I you know I guess I shouldn't feel scared or anything. I should you know, um. But but my I guess my question would be: Are the people going to the forty thousand seat stadium? Have they all been inoculated? That's a great question, and that's well. And I'm, I I know the answer. That's a no. It's a no, but I don't know. Is it like ten percent that's been inoculated? Twenty percent that's been inoculated? Like I have no idea, and I think that is just gross. Whatever you want to put on it, it's like letting people go into a restaurant without a mask on that haven't been inoculated yet. Yep. Why would you allow that? No, I hear you. Or go into a shop, right? You know, if they haven't, well, if they if they haven't been inoculated, uh, well, what I'll, are you saying? I'll you're putting up your middle, you're putting up your middle finger at everybody else and saying, "I got rights." Well, my rights supersede your rights. I can tell you the story. I was at Shady Maple last uh, last Saturday. Okay. Uh, for those who know, Shady Maple, big thing out of Lancaster. 
uh, and we went to the supermarket out there. You get good deals, mm-hmm. all that. Okay, my wife mm-hmm. and I went. It's a nice day and all that. We walk in, and there's a, a family of four, two young kids, maybe eight and five, a wife and a husband, maybe late mid to late 30s, who are not wearing masks. Okay? Surrounded by a, a bunch of elderly people. Was there a sign on the door to say yes, you there was. wear a mask? Yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, they're moseying around, no mask, everything. Somebody from the supermarket comes over to say, please put on your mask. They leave their cart and walk out. And see, I'm okay with that. Right. Like, to me, it's a choice. Like, I saw some some pictures from Texas where store owners were saying they're not going to let people in their store without a mask. Yeah. And I think you're perfectly entitled to do that. Now, you're going to lose business, I guess. But you might gain some business from people like me and you that might go in there. Yeah. I see no problem if the store says, and it's still a state law, I guess, right? I, I guess yeah. you have to wear a mask in a store. No, and I think that was handled properly because it shouldn't be up to you. Now, see, what I would have done if nobody was going, I might have went up to a store manager or something and said, hey, you know, these people over here. Now, I don't know why I, I don't know why those people didn't have masks on. Maybe they, maybe they just don't believe in them. Yeah, maybe. Um, not everybody. Look, we have 350 million people. I guarantee you there's a, there's a good percentage of those people that don't believe in the mask. No, I hear you. And, you know, their argument would be we have rights. Yeah. My argument is I have rights too. Yeah. So, and again, I don't think you're doing it to protect yourself as much as you're doing it to protect the person next to you. Yep. And I, if you can't get that message, I, I like, I, I don't know what to do. I, I don't. Yep. You know, it's like the argument of, you know, what happened, pick it, pick January 6th. I could say to you one thing, well, this is why I think it happened. And if it, But if you don't believe that, there ain't a damn thing I'm going to say. That's going to make a difference. You change right. your mind. By the way, this programming note for all you people out there, they are replaying the Megan Harry two-hour Oprah thing tonight at 8 o'clock. I guess CBS it is. Can you believe that, really? And I know why they're doing it because, you know, 20 million people tuned in to watch her. Like, one time wasn't enough. <laughs> like, so now. So you can't watch it? I'm not watching it. No. I, my wife might. I mean, I, but you, I'll go. To, yeah. uh, I'm not. No. I watched it the one time yeah. and, and, and that was fine. And I just wanted to let you know that if you missed the first Megan Harry, you can watch it again. I'm or not, you could, I, or you could not waste those two hours of your life and do something constructive, I'll be whatever doing, I'll that be might doing, be. I'll be doing schoolwork. Uh, well, but and, even if you told me you were picking your nose, I would say, well, that's more constructive than. Hey, look, I watched it because a, like I said, my wife went, and I was kind of interested in what they were going to say. I mean, I knew sort of what they were going to say, but again, I'm supposed to sit there and watch Harry and Megan in this estate in California mm-hmm. that they, and they got $7 million for doing that, even though they said they got nothing, but their company got $7 million. And I'm like, okay, they're just doing what every other person that's in that position would do. I'm not knocking them for doing that. And the truth is always probably lies somewhere in between. Right. Do I believe that people in the Royal family were concerned that the baby might be dark? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, was that everybody in the Royal family? Was that, you know, um, I, who knows, man? I, all I know is there, there, I think there were some good cat fights going on between Megan and, um, um, 
the other one. What, what's her name? The the um, it's William and the uh, uh, what's her name? Catherine. No, Kate. 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 I, I I think there were I think there was a couple. Good, and look, Megan might not be a good person for all I know. Maybe Megan's a, like what a couple people said she was. You know, billion people and do, I, who the hell knows? Um. But if you, know, if you didn't know you were getting into that when you married into the thing, but then again, it goes back 25 years ago to Diana, you know, where the same thing basically kind of happened. Um, yeah, whatever. It's, you know, it's it, it's a ratings coup. <laughs> um, oh, man. I, I don't part, even. Part, I, part two will be coming up like in a month. I'll have a part two. Well, William and Kate's interview will probably be. Like I don't think the counter programming. No, 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 no. You, that's the one show you'll never see, dude. Um, Ain't going to happen. So, what are you watching this weekend? Are you watching college hoops, or are you watching uh, the the players? God, I, I don't know what. I'm I'm so bored. I really want to do something like this weekend, like maybe because my wife's getting her operation on the 22nd. So this is really the last weekend she has, probably for about a month and a half or so, or two months. Um, but the weather's not supposed to be that good this weekend. It's supposed to get cold again. I should have played golf. I mi- I missed that opportunity. Well, the course wasn't open. Uh, oh, so you didn't play golf Wednesday? Well, the course wasn't open. There was still snow on some parts of the course. What course? Uh, Makefield Highlands. Oh, okay. And it wasn't, and then it wasn't. I don't know if they've reopened it yet. I haven't gotten a message to say that it's totally reopened. But the, my other people couldn't play yesterday or today. Um, so the Wednesday time just went by the wayside. Uh, I was going to go over to John Burns today and maybe hit some balls, but I I just didn't make it. And um, so I don't know, Kevin. I mean, I'm 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 well, really starting to get bored. The 76. I mean, next week, next week will be the tournament, right? right? So next week I can Friday Friday through Monday. We should remind people. Is it Friday through Monday? Okay. Yes. Um, and do do we know what it's on? Like, is it going to be on 35 different channels? It's again? on the four. It's on True TV and CBS and TNT and uh, CBS. So I just got to keep switching around, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um. I'll, I mean, I'll probably look. I'll probably watch some of the players. Although all the guys I picked are nowhere near having a chance. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, it's funny. Yesterday, I'm getting Showtime now for they gave me six months of Showtime because okay. they screwed up something. I don't know. And I was flipping around yesterday, and there was these two. This documentary on on um the whole um Baylor scandal when Dennehy got shot and killed. Mm-hmm. I'd never seen it before. It was fascinating. This guy, Dave Bliss, might be the biggest piece of crap walking the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. And then there was an OJ one on OJ, uh, what happened in Vegas. Yeah. And I, so I watched like four hours out. I was looking for an American experience. I didn't see any of those. There's one on, actually on tonight on the women's vote, a two-parter. But so many Showtime ones, I was looking through what they have available. I might be flipping through some of them. There's one on Dean Smith. There's one on, um, and I might have seen some of these. I don't, I don't know right. if I did or I didn't. But the, the Dave, anybody, I think it was called um, "Disgraced," was the the title of it. If you watch this and wonder how how he isn't in jail, or how he didn't get prosecuted, or and now he's found God apparently. And the amazing part about it was, Jeremy Schapp had um, Shashevsky, Beheim, and Izzo. I think it was, or another, there was another coach. On there, because the, the one assistant coach taped Bliss, saying all these bad things, because he got, you know, and, and they were ripping the assistant, yeah. saying, you can't have an assistant on this stuff. And Jeremy's like, well, if you didn't tape it, 
It would have been his word against their word. And, and then somebody just came on and goes, these guys are all, all in cahoots together. Yeah. It, it was, it's just fascinating. I, yeah. cause I had forgotten about that. That was all, you know, almost 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, what a terrible thing. I mean, it's some of the stuff that goes on in college athletics. Oh my God. Yeah. All right. That's it. That's all. Uh, we will see you Wednesday next week. Um, uh, one show week next week. Um, uh, it's finals week for me. So, um, Hey, if, if it gets really tough on you, we can just skip. Don't oh. worry about it. We'll do, we'll see. You we'll play see. it by ear. Yep. Thank you everyone. Thank you, Michael. Okay. Thank you everyone for joining us. Thanks to Joe Giuliano for joining us. We hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. This is Work of the Beat. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine Park Avenue clothes. You had the Dom Perignon in your hand and the spoon up your nose. Ooh, when you wake up in the morning with your